0: Alrighty, we are ready to get started. How's everybody doing out there? Hope you are doing well. My name is Andrew Kuhn. Sending you happy wishes from Dallas, Texas. Okay. <laughs> um, sitting alongside my co-founder, Jeff Gannon. Jeff, Jeffrey, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well, Andrew. Does how anyone do-
0: call you Jeffrey?
1: Yes, many people call me Jeffrey. Really? No, uh, Family if, or what? No, not if they know me. If they know me, they call, call me Jeff. My, the name Jeff is what appears on most uh Cards and documents and everything. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's great. Well, well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to listen to us today. This is the audio part of our business. If you want to get access to our website, where investors, individual and professional from all over the world write about ideas, feel free to go to focuscompounding dot com and be sure to sign up using the podcast promo code, which is podcast. Today, we are going to be going over a question that was written in um, from us, and we thought it would be pretty good to go over. And it was from. Will Kane and at Kane underscore twelve hundred on Twitter, and he says, "Do you prefer companies that are controlled by the founder? How do you watch related party transactions and other possible conflicts of interest?" So, do you prefer prefer it? Yes. Do you? Um, it depends. Okay. I would say, um, if it is, is it Warren Buffett controlling it? Because if so, probably yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I guess it really depends. Why do you prefer it? Uh,
1: Because it's very hard for the culture of a company to outlast that founder. So, if a business has a unique corporate DNA, Uh like does stuff a certain way, it's much easier for them to do it that certain way while the founder's still there. Now, Walmart may still be able to do it after uh, their founder's gone. Sam Walton. Sam Walton. It's been a long time, but it's always easiest when Sam Walton's there. Mm -hmm. Southwest can do that, uh, you know, but it was easier when their founder was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are ones that are sort of like a unique strategy or something that they're doing. Uh, so, yeah, usually. And and we should say, um, when I say founder, in some of these cases, they're not even the founder. You mentioned Warren Buffett, technically not the founder. Sure. I mentioned Southwest Airlines actually came in in year, I don't know, two or something of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I, I I think it's because uh, people talk a lot about corporate culture.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's, uh, it's pretty important, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and I don't think that Fortune 500 type companies without a founder still around have
0: that corporate culture. How do you measure or think about you know how to sort of figure that out, I guess you could say? Is that just from Googling around or what do you Learning think? Learning about the history of the company, mm-hmm.
1: reading their their past things. Uh, you did a post on Focus Company about Amazon's uh, letter to shareholders. I did. So that's a founder-led company. Mm-hmm. How important do you think that is to Amazon?
0: I would say very important. Jeff Bezos? Yeah. And I guess I, I read more about him too from the book that was written on Amazon called The Everything Store. Mm-hmm. It's a good book. It um, sounds like it's a pretty intense uh, culture, I will say that. Yeah. They're there to work, which is good. Mm-hmm. But I think Jeff has high expectations, and when you're at the founder level and you are, have high expectations, I feel like that sort of is pushed all throughout the company, which obviously is for the betterment of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that Warren Buffett, after he's gone, the culture of Berkshire will stay the same? Uh, no, not eventually. Really? So but you at think- first I,
1: um, for a company that size, I think it will more than other companies that size have. Mm-hmm. I think they'll still be uh, they'll still be the stamp that he left on it there. But yeah, I think it'll be less so over time. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. definitely. And why? Um, I mean, do you why do you find comfort though, other than the culture in in um, companies that are controlled by the founders? Um, is it because they care more, you think?
1: Well, they do tend to think more long-term. Sure. And um, that, that's an advantage. But uh, I, th- I think what I said about the corporate culture thing is true. The truth is that it's very hard for people to stick to some sort of culture, or something that doesn't have that leader there, that embodiment of it of a, of a person uh, leading the company. And, you know, you can say what Warren Buffett stood for and stuff um, after he's gone. But it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes they have problems that way. Disney had problems that way. Uh, The company is always asking, you know, what would Walt do, basically. But uh, I think many decisions they made for years and years after that didn't reflect at all what he would do. Mm -hmm. But they just reflected, you know, what they were doing. Uh, when he died you know like not changing anything sticking to that instead of what he would have done which is to constantly be changing a lot of stuff and, sure. and trying new things
0: out yeah how do you watch for he also has how do you watch for related party transactions so maybe do you want to explain what that is for those who don't yeah
1: know. so related party transactions which are disclosed in the 10k um will be things uh common one is like i said uh, well before we went on the air i said it um like air leasing an aircraft or something like that um the, uh the pj
0: what the pj the private jet oh the private <laughs> yeah. jet um yeah so
1: it can be things like that and sometimes it bothers people i find that people are very worried about that yeah. like i invested in a company george risk and, and then people were very worried about some of the p- people who who would uh, email me or in uh a forum or something would talk about related party transactions and they were very mild uh like if you look at the prices you can try to figure out the prices. what were they buying well so like an example was airplane travel now one reason is if you look at the two places the company was i you would definitely want to get on an airplane. Why? Where uh, were they? Oh, well, it's just, there's, they're in a part of Nebraska where there's nothing in between the two things. Oh, so, sure. I mean, you could drive and stuff, but it was a legitimate reason for, for having it. But, but even if it's not a legitimate reason, it's that it's not an absurd price that it has. Um, and, and in that case, the, the CEO is taking a fairly reasonable salary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what it was. Say it was $150,000 annual salary. Um, that's not a huge salary for a public company CEO. They could easily take more. Um, so I think it's those sorts of things.
0: It makes me think about I was listening to The Snowball recently. Yeah. Uh, by Al Schroeder and uh, it was I forget what Warren, what company, was it Dempster Mills? Where he was in there and they just kept smoking cigars or whatever. Oh yeah. And he just he they said that he was thinking, those are my that's my money you're smoking mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Absolutely. So um I think so one, those people own so in, in this case I'm talking about uh like George Risk or something, the family owned the majority of it. Uh-huh. Um. So, so when people have their money, uh, in there, I think that's usually an advantage that founders have. Um, in that case, if they were smoking cigars, they'd be paying for more than fifty percent of the cigar anyway. Yeah. So, what's the point of doing that? Sure. Um, but yeah, there, I I've seen things where the company where uh, management is sort of milking a company or whatever. And I've I've seen some even where I don't think it's uh, nefarious or anything. But I I've mentioned if you look at the ten k for like Village Supermarket or something, mm-hmm. there's probably five family members at top levels there. And I'd say on average they're paid more than uh, if a company took them over they'd replace them for. Uh, and they also are major shareholders, so they're sort of double-dipping that way, and I don't know if that bothers some people.
0: What about, what's the biggest conflict of interest you've ever seen or come across where you just, something looks so odd to you? Like on with the sh- the founders and, and their company maybe dipping into that related party transactions Like a bit excessively?
1: The most extreme one that I ever saw, which is a little different, is um, I saw that a um, company had sold its trademark to the founder who was then leasing it back to the company. Really? That is actually meant to be a takeover defense. Okay, so that's a way of quietly doing something that then someone won't be able to take it over because they'll say, wait, if you take over without the CEO approving of this, if we are falling out with our founder we lose our trademark. Hmm. Right? Sure. So that's, that's a way of doing yeah. it. But
0: that's sort of, yeah, that's the, I guess the worst. I, have anymore. you ever seen, I've seen where the founders, they own the building and then they leased it to the company. I've seen that a couple of mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Uh, some of those get
1: confusing because I've seen some where the purpose of that is actually to finance the business. Yeah. Things like that. So I've seen some things where like, for instance, people said, why are they doing this? Are they trying to take money from the. Um, company and actually it's sort of a way of them giving a loan to the company which isn't necessarily a good sign either but i just mean um, there's a lot of reasons you could fall into with related party transactions with really small companies that Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff could happen
0: i always find it interesting too when founders like i see i feel like i see this more in like this the micro like the smaller Mm -hmm. companies um you know the, the company loses money every single year and burns cash flow but of course you know they're still the founders and they're still getting paid their salaries and and their bonuses and all that sort of stuff Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and um you know and i think that upsets people yeah uh i I have to say that generally um people that i've known that are investors uh would make more money if they worried less about fairness and more about doing the thing that made them the most money sure so they get upset that someone's taking a big paycheck or something um, I talked about advertising agencies, and we get complaints from people of like, you know, what some of the big CEOs there took in pay, which is huge paychecks, but it's not very big compared. to It was to like the... two
0: thousand eight, too, wasn't it, or something?
1: Oh, the option grant with Omnicom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that one hurts because that's diluting you. Yeah, um, but some of the others are just they're being paid thirty million dollars uh, or something like that every year, basically, regardless of how the company does. It, not regardless. Technically, it's like a bonus. Yeah. But advertising agencies are so predictable that it's very easy to write in a way that you'll get the bonus and know almost exactly what's gonna be every year mm-hmm. um but at a company that size it doesn't really matter that much to your results as a shareholder whether they're being paid three million dollars or 30 million um and so a lot of things are like what's the capital allocation and things like that that matters more
0: do you read the proxy a lot and, and yeah, see like what's and see like what how the management's bread is buttered yeah so, so you're talking about like the so what their percent of voting is and what yep. their um, how many shares they have what and their what the bonus salary is. their bonus yeah. how's mm-hmm. the bonus yeah I always read that. So what do you like to see then for like the bonuses how their bonus per year?
1: Well, anything that's more long term oriented is good. Do
0: you like? I know you're not you don't you're not probably don't follow Tesla too much, but did you hear that? I think Tesla or Elon Musk will be bonused a lot of money if their market cap was at a certain point over the years. That one I don't
1: I I know that I I don't like that part of it. Tesla has a, um, I guess what Charlie Munger would call like a chain letter element to it, right? So So what do you mean by that? Part of his job as CEO is kind of to keep people's belief in the company that's going to be successful. Yeah, Yeah. and that's not necessarily true with some companies, but it is if you can't finance yourself, true with your company. So if the company, part of it is the image, the brand, Mm -hmm. then that can be that element. But also if you don't have actual free cash flow um, to fund all the things you want to do then you need to keep going to the public markets and so you need that so in his case he does have a reason to drive up the market cap Mm
0: -hmm.
1: usually when i look at a company i don't really want them to be targeting a market cap kind of thing what i'd rather them do is um just like what eps will be in a few years or, or something like that but i'm okay if they're issued shares as the form of payment instead of instead of cash sure and
0: I guess because we're talking about conflicts of interest, mm-hmm. do you think Tesla buying SpaceX was a conflict of interest? Or should we not even go down that path? Because <laughs> we're going to make a lot of people mad. <gasps> I think that's a unique
1: situation because people are betting on the, the person. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think that's, from an investor's perspective, that's fraught with all sorts of issues.
0: Did you listen to his most recent conference call? No, I didn't. Did, did you hear about it? Uh, no. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Like yeah. he wasn't taking questions from a lot of people, or something like that. Then he's like, "Boring question, boring question." He's like, "Let's go to YouTube." Like this is just on uh-huh. the on the on the earnings calls. It was, it was quite interesting to hear. So what? Um, I guess. Yeah, other that's than-
1: a founder-like company.
0: Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. other things equal, he's I probably, prefer founder-led companies. But it's because I mean, I guess he's longer-term. Oriented. Obviously, he believes in what he's doing. You know, but this yeah. is a podcast about Tesla. But yeah, I
1: mean, one thing to keep in mind. I so like I can compare this to Barnes and Tesla to Barnes and Noble. So sometimes the the biggest thing that I see is actually a conflict of interest that isn't about the finances. I think I've mentioned this kind of before. CEOs and founders, people like that, have stuff on the line, ego, mm-hmm. uh, reputation. Sure keeping peace in the family.
0: Yeah. That's, um, Probably, you know, we what talked I about think.
1: like Lexotica and stuff. They had something where probably at one time, probably their best manager was the son of the founder. Well, he ended up leaving. There could have been family things too for why that happened. Sure. In another case, they, some of the decisions they made about, I think uh, merging the company and stuff like that was informed in part by the fact there was a divorce and kids from, from different um, uh, families from different wives. Um, I think that there had to be some way to kind of figure out a, a settlement to keep, keep peace in the family and have a way of um, doing all that. And that probably helped them do a merger that they wanted to do. Um, uh, whereas if the founder then had been 30 years younger, I don't think he would have done that. Mm-hmm. He didn't need like an exit strategy or something, but he did for family reasons, I sure. think. So Barnes & Noble, um, I think that they had, there was a f- sort of conflict of interest between shareholders and the um, founders because the founders cared a lot about the company's position in, books like culturally they cared a lot about the the company and that's fine and then that's a you know there are reasons to run a company other than just making money but for the shareholders there aren't and so sometimes i think we overstate the importance of like financial incentives uh, compared to what else a uh someone running the company might actually care about sure and a lot of times they will care about things like um reputation and um you know, an ego and things like that. They might be an empire builder or something.
0: that yeah. do it just for themselves. I think you see that a lot in the drug business, the mm-hmm. pharmaceutical industry. There's yeah. always that sort of um, that fine line between how much is too much on certain drugs that people may be dependent upon. And I think we saw that in the last election a lot with um, um, I don't know, Martin Screlly mm-hmm. and, and and his company and and obviously in Valiant as well. You know, yeah, that that, that sort of came out. Um, so that's
1: you see it all the time in entertainment stuff. There's every – we talk about incentives. You wouldn't believe, if you're the head of a studio or something, movie studio, how every sort of incentive and thing there is throughout your day is to pull you away from just making money for shareholders and towards all these sorts of creative concerns, making a bunch of famous, successful, creative people happy with you Uh and being your friend and everything. And with – um winning a lot of awards and getting a lot of respect sure. and things that way. Yeah. It's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure to do things other than just make the most money for shareholders mm-hmm. when you're in that kind of business, yeah. you know? And uh, I think we often overlook those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do f- prefer founder led companies by a lot. And we wrote up several, we wrote up, um, or family led companies at least. So we wrote up um, Hunter Douglas, Luxotica, those are on the focus Com- compounding um, website. And, uh, and then those are I don't know that we would have ever picked those if it hadn't been the family that was still involved.
0: I mean, you think about Apple and Steve mm-hmm. Jobs and yeah. the amount of care that obviously everyone knows that he had for Apple and yeah. that company. Yeah, it's 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 interesting.
1: Yeah, many we'll look at now at most of the biggest companies um in the US uh are founder-led companies basically or, Mark Zuckerberg, or largely founder controlled at least. Jack yeah.
0: Dorsey, Twitter. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's not unusual. Those are like some of that's media stuff, uh-huh. and that's been historically a lot of um, families of to keep control over media things. And there's reasons too why like people who work in media things would prefer that they not have professional management, that there be some sort of founder something that kind of keeps control to protect, mm-hmm. you know, um, some interests that they have. Buffett ran into that when he ran a newspaper. Um, you know, disagreement between people of making money and people who thought, you know, um, that it was about. Other things mm-hmm. they, In the snowball There's a good thing About where Some of the people um, uh, had, I guess the Washington Post Competitor I think that was it um, Talk about how They're uh, You know They're a better Newspaper and stuff Because they have A competitor And Buffett was Saying no You'll be better off well, if you Without, put your competitor yeah. out of business and yeah. you'll be making more money that way, yeah.
0: So how? Do, so then he asked. He did ask, and mm-hmm. I think he did hit on it, how do you watch for a related party? So you just sort of follow along in the 10K You look it, at what's see reasonable. See if anything catches your eyes, yeah.
1: I think you look at what's reasonable and you try to always put yourself in the perspective of um, the uh, founder or whoever it is you're looking at. Sure. It's very easy to get frustrated because you're a shareholder and you feel mistreated and whatever. But you look at it from their perspective often, um They'll say, "Oh well, this isn't actually worse than all my peers." Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and you think about that at whatever wherever you have your job and stuff. Uh, if everyone else who has basically your same job at that company has whatever perks, you probably don't mind taking those perks too. No, absolutely not, and don't give it a second thought. Yeah. So, mm. I, I'm you know, for better or worse, I think that often if people are doing things that um, are not as bad or um, seem even uh, frugal compared to their peers and stuff, then, yeah. I, th- I think that a lot of it, like higher paying stuff, is driven more by envy than greed. Sure. That is by saying, oh, well, I should be the top paid ad agency. I mean, my agency is the best, so I yeah. should be the one who gets paid the most. Not because they actually need $20 million more
0: million yeah, each year. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Interesting. Well, Will Kane, thank you very much. That was a great question. For those that want to get some questions answered on the podcast by Jeff and myself, feel free to either email in to us at info at focuscompound.com or be sure to tweet them both at us at focuscompound and at Jeff Gannon, G-E-O-F-F Gannon. And we will be sure to, um, if we think it's a pretty good topic, we will include that um, in our podcast. We want to thank everybody for tuning in to listen to us today. If you want to get access to Jeff's weekly memo, Feel free to go to focuscompounding.com and sign up using your email, and you will get a 500-plus word memo from Jeff on, perf- on, a, on a principal, an investing principal every single week on Sunday. Thank you very much, everybody, and we'll see you in the next podcast.